What's going on, Sheepdog Nation? Welcome to another podcast of Sheepdog Nation with your host, me, Autumn Clifford. I'm really happy to have you here. It has been one hell of a week or two weeks for law enforcement. We've been losing officers like crazy. It's been all over the news. Um, We lost somebody actually in my hometown Um, This was the first police shooting in Maine to happen in over 25 years. Um, He was ambushed um, on April 25th, I believe, um, at 1 o'clock in the morning or 1.30 in the morning. Um, So, and then we had a three or four day manhunt looking for the killer. It has been unbelievable, but the killer has been found and apprehended and he's in jail now. Um, awaiting his day in court, but it has been one hell of a fucking ride. I can tell you, um, I'm sure I know all across the nation we're dealing with similar things. I know we had two officers in Dallas that got killed. I know I'm sure we've had even more than that. Um, it has been unreal. And so I just want to thank you for being here and being a part of sheepdog nation, because while I can't save everyone's lives, I wish I could because I absolutely would. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'm trying to do the best that I can to bring us together, to bring the brother and sisterhood together. Um, and so that maybe we can come together and instead of, you know, letting the world, you know, basically tell us who we are and how to act as police officers and, and making us out to be these awful people uh, that we are just simply are not. So I wanted to, uh, as always, I wanted to thank you for being here. I have a sore throat today, so if I sound really funny, that would be why. Um, So please excuse that. Uh, What we're going to talk about, this is part two of getting into a cop's head. Um, Follow up from last week. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, um, go ahead and do that. Um, This is a part two. This is a follow up. But we're going to be talking about pretty much a different aspect of getting into a police officer's head. Um, if you're brand new to me, I wanted to uh, welcome you personally. Um, I am a former police officer. I had to medically retire at the age of, I believe I was 27. I was 26 and a half or 27. Um, and I have to tell you that it sucks, but I decided that I wasn't going to um, let it, you know, deter me and stop me from serving law enforcement. Um, my fiance uh, is a state trooper we have a canine that's his canine but the dog's my son i don't give a shit what anyone says (laughs) and so uh anyways and so the police world is still very much a part of who i am um and who my family is and so um, i am in this very unique position to be able to say that a lot of the things that you guys who are in uniform you just can't say so which is really cool i'm also the founder of um the lady sheep dog movement and what this is is if you Um, if you know, or you are a female looking to get into law enforcement, or you are, um, you're new into law enforcement, you know, two, three, four years in, um, which four years in doesn't really make you new, but you know, two years in, um, and you're looking, you know, from, for some camaraderie, you're looking for some guidance on, you know, really how to become, you know, a really well-respected female officer, you know, squared away looking, you know, just to be around other females who get it, who get you. Um, this is what this is. This is the first uh, program of this that I can find nationwide. Um, if there is something else, then please let me know. But um, 
And what I've done is I have literally spent over hundreds of hours because um, I add to it every single week um, of compiling trainings on, you know, everything from college classes to take to how to get through the academy to how to get through the hiring process. And then once you're on the job, like how to pressure uniform and how to shine your boots and self-defense and the mindset and everything that you could think of. We do um, we do a lot in the uh, leadership movement. And so it is brand new, but I can tell you that it is already changing lives. We have um, a solid group of women already a part of the movement. And, um, and so I wanted to invite you into that. If that is something that you want to do, the link will be below this podcast. Also, if you're on my Instagram at the lady Sheepdog, the link is inside of my bio. You do want to join. It's free for seven days. After that, it's $27 a month. It's very affordable. Um, and honestly, the only reason I'm charging is because it's my livelihood now. <laughs> so, um, otherwise I'd be doing it for free. Trust me. So that's a little bit about me. So let's dive on in to episode. I, I believe it's 10, but it, it could be 11. I kind of lost track. So you have to forgive me. Um, and getting into a cop's head part two. Okay. So here's the thing at the end of the day, every cop, this is what every cop wants to know. And if you're listening to this, I, I feel like you're going to go. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, what every cop is looking for, every police officer in America is looking for, is looking for just someone to have their fucking backs. That's it. Just have my back. The way that they did, you know, 20 years ago when they were doing police work, just have my back. Okay. Now, this is, I'm not saying, you know, for illegal things. I'm not saying for any, you know, misconduct. That's, that's not it. But we are so quick to, you know, just throw everyone under the bus right now. And I mean, and that goes, that's not just cops. I mean, that's everybody, our society, everyone just wants to be the first person to have a good tweet, right. Or have a good, you know, social media post. And it's not even true. It's so inaccurate. And so I just, I really want to, I really want to shed some light on that. So the number one thing that all police officers are looking for is someone just to have their fucking back. Right. And, um, you know, we have a society right now that's very fucked up and we literally have a war on police officers. And uh, thank you, former President Obama, for that. And um, and so we need to change that. And this is it's really it's really getting bad. It's been really fucking bad. Um, but it's you know, it's the divide is unbelievable. And um, to the extent, you guys, and I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about this is. So, um, deputy Eugene Cole, he's, he's the, uh, the main deputy that, um, he, he was a corporal that got shot and killed. And, um, the, and so like, on social media, so I took to social media and I, um, obviously wanted to alert everyone as to what's going on, wanted to be a leader as I always do and leading the way for supporting our police officers you know, our law enforcement, um, you know, and, and I helped them all, um, you know, supported them with whatever they needed during this manhunt, made a lot of phone calls, got a lot of shit done. It was cool. I came across, somebody sent this to me cause they know like who I am and where I'm, what I'm about. They sent me this, this, um, screenshot of, um, this girl and she went to, she went to Thomas college, which is where I went, which is a very big criminal justice college. Now they actually send people to the Academy, even if you're not like sponsored, um, which is kind of a first. So 
you know, they're pretty cutting edge that way. Well, anyway, so this girl went to my college and she made a post talking about how nobody go to Cumberland Farms, bunch of fucking pigs, or the pigs are crawling at Cumberland Farms, those fucking bastards, all I wanted was a coffee. And she made this post. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I fucking didn't like that because, you know, my brother in blue just got fucking shot and you're going to, you're worried about your coffee. Now, regardless whether she knew about it or whether she didn't know about it, I don't care. It's not, that's completely disrespectful. And you know what people should be thinking, um, you know, before they go and post that shit, right? Because you just never fucking know whose life or, you know, might've just got been taken or what's going on, whether it was a police officer's life or just, you know, a citizen's life. But why would you make that statement? Right. Well, okay. Anyway, so I stirred some shit with that. And the, what I'm trying to say to you is that even though like she ended up taking it down, but do you know what she put right back up? Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. So she clearly was not sorry and clearly does not back the police. And, and here's what I find funny. And I'm going to discuss this with you. Um, you know, I'm going to discuss this with you, but here's what I find funny about all of this. And I know you do too. And as a cop, this is literally the thoughts in your head. And I know this, so I'm going to say them out loud. What does she do when she, what does a person like her, what do they do when they need help? What are they going to do when somebody kills their, you know, friend, brother, sister, mother, father? What are they going to do when their father or mother falls down and breaks a bone and they need rescue? What are they going to do? Right? Like, what are they going to do when somebody steals a bunch of money from them? Or what are they going to do when they have various situations that are like that? They're going to call the police. But yeah, at the exact same time, you're going to sit here and you're going to shit on us. We have a problem with that. And that, that is, that is what's going on in our nation and, and I mean, obviously now people are fucking killing us. Right. But like, these are the, these are the roots of our problems. And, um, you know, and every officer is over it, you know, you might, the officers might, might not be able to say what I'm saying here right now, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go through this episode and I'm going to tell you some things. This is how the cops are feeling. They can't tell you it because they're fucking, you know, they're working for an agency who obviously don't, you know, they need to kind of, you know, whatever. A lot of them are very, unfortunately a lot of our agencies are fucking scared now the administrations are scared to stand up for their guys and girls but we do have some chiefs that are leading the way that could give a shit less and they're there to support their men and women and we're going to talk about that but you know it's it's becoming a problem and it's 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 really it's creating massive amounts of stress on our officers that are just so unneeded and so as an officer, you might be finding yourself feeling super stressed out, super anxious, you know, especially even if you're like a veteran, you've been on the road, let's say 10 years, and it's just getting increasingly worse for you because, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. And you're just finding yourself like, what the fuck? Like, this is a job that I absolutely love. And it is getting that much harder to be a part of it and that much harder to do. Right. So, you know, that's definitely a lot of the thoughts that, um, you know, officers feel. I want to talk to you a little bit about like what an officer goes through, like what our, you know, our nation of police officers of the thin blue line, like what we go through when we, when we lose an officer. And, and here's what I need you to know is you may not, as an officer, you may not know that person personally. I do not know Corporal Eugene personally, but here's what I can tell you. I have been absolutely sick to my stomach 
for like two or three weeks since we lost the um, Cape Cod off uh, canine officer. And I talked to you about that in my last episode um, or the episode before that. And um, it is sickening. Okay. It just, it kills me. And I get, I got sick over, you know, obviously um, the one from my hometown, they're very close to me. I got sick overhearing about the Dallas, you know, officers that have gotten shot. I, I mean, it is sickening to me. It, it hurts me on such a deep level. And, and this isn't just me. I'm describing my feelings. This is not just my feelings. This is every police officer who wears a badge. Um, because when you, when an officer is killed, it, it is literally like one of our brothers or sisters are killed. Okay. And so you, you need to know that and you need to understand, you know, what an officer goes through. So because of all of this, I want to advise you that every single time a police officer in our nation is getting killed, it is almost like we all kind of like lose a little piece of ourselves. Okay. Obviously, you know, it's not like, I don't know how to explain it to you because you, you, you don't really understand it unless you are in uniform. Okay. So it, we literally lose a part of ourselves because you can't help but picture like that could have been me. That could have been saved that officer's life could have been saved. You know what that officer has gone through. You know the life they lived because, you know, we all pretty much live the exact same life, just in different areas, um, you know, of the country. And so we feel it and we feel it in our souls. And, you know, because of that, unfortunately, police officers are becoming, you know, law enforcement as a whole is becoming much more angry, okay? We're becoming much more angry as as a whole career, like as a whole, like, um, you know, like a society of law enforcement, like we're all becoming much more angry because every time we turn around, we're being bashed. We're being, you know, crucified publicly. And, you know, our, a lot of our administrations, not all of them, um, but a lot of them do not have our backs. And so what happens in turn, as this war on cop continues, Here's what's going to happen, and here's what is happening. Officers' patients are wearing very, very thin, okay? So I'm going to give you an example. An officer who is typically very decent, you know, to work with somebody who, you know, would, you know, come across, like, a problem, somebody committing a crime, and would be much more apt to just handle it in a way that, you know, isn't arresting them, you know, isn't being short, isn't being just straight to the point and doing their job. They're actually going the extra mile. They're taking the time, you know, to talk to the person, you know, and to really investigate and really try to figure out, you know, is the best scenario bringing them to jail or is there another way that we can work around it? What's happening, sheepdogs, and you know this, but what's happening is that officers are becoming, their patients are wearing thin, right? And so that officer who would have definitely gone the extra mile you know, you just killed their brother or their brother or sister just got killed in a couple states over. Um, and they feel that and, and they're tired of this shit happening. And so their patients are wearing thin because it's not happening once in a great while. Okay. It's happening over and over and over and over and over again. I think I saw a statistic that we lose an officer in America every 53 hours. That's in the, that's on duty like in the line of duty deaths. Saw it in a magazine. And um, like Police One or Law Enforcement Magazine, and um, and so I, I want to bring that I want to bring that to your attention. Like, yeah, 
like officers are losing their fucking patience, right? Like this is going to continue to happen in society. Like I think society just thinks that like we are like police officers aren't human and they have to, like we have to act like robots and we have to act a certain way. But listen, police officers, law enforcement, first responders, they're fucking human. Okay. And so they feel what you're feeling as well. And so when, when, you know, sheepdog nation loses a sheepdog, obviously like it affects us. And so that person, that officer, like I was saying, they're going to be much more apt to fucking bring you to jail. And the officers, you know, as a whole, what's going to happen? I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up. If this can, if this war on cops continues, it's going to be far less about community policing and about, you know, doing, doing things in a way that are going to help um, the citizens and help, you know, people to not continue to commit crime. What's going to happen is everyone's going to go to jail. Okay. Very fucking quickly. People are going to be handled in a way that is legal and, but it's not fucking warm and cozy. And I'm telling you this. And what's going to happen is that police officers are not going to be out there fucking serve your community and be community policing. They're going to be far more concerned with saving their asses and making sure that they get home at the end of every shift. So what does that mean? Well, that fucking means less patrol cars riding around your neighborhood. That means less officers just doing the community policing, walking up and down the beats or walking in and out of stores and talking to store owners. Like it's not going to happen because you be, you are, we are a target. We are a target and it's going to be less apt to happen. And I just want you to know that like if this can, if this war on cops continues, this is where we're going and we're going there at a very fast rate because everybody just, you know, everybody is so quick to throw police officers under the bus. Okay. And without realizing what's going to happen because they think that it can't happen. Well, a lot of the unthinkable has been happening over and over again. We take a look at like Ferguson and we take a look at the um, Vegas shooting and we, you know, we take a look at all of these scenarios, these situations, you know, and um, we thought none of this could happen and, and it's happening. It's happening all over our country. And so understand that this is where we're going and, and the war on police definitely needs to stop. Okay. Um, and, and this is just literally, I'm just speaking in my opinion, I'm speaking from, you know, the head of a police officer. A lot of them can't say that, uh, say the shit, but I'm saying it. I want you to know that, um, the police, they definitely see the people who hate cops. Okay. Um, they, we see the people that are publicly shitting on us. Thank you, John Legend and Beyonce. And I'm sure there's a hundred thousand more, but those are the two that came to my head and former president Obama. But yet my question is this, and I know I talked about it a few minutes ago, but I'm just going to reiterate the point is, but yet they have um, bodyguards. I remember a few years ago when Beyonce was doing the um, Super Bowl, and she did her, she came out um, dressed up looking like the Black Panthers. Um, she was shitting on police and then requested police, a, a police escort onto the field or to the thing, to the uh, Super Bowl. And I'm fucking telling you, I had to literally laugh out loud because that is bullshit. Like you're not going to shit on us and then like expect us to um, protect you. And so here's what, here's what will, uh, here's what's going to happen. Okay. You want to publicly bash the police like that girl that I, um, that I spoke about earlier. We will, when you call police officers will show up because that's our duty. Now can't tell you how quickly they're going to show up. And I can't tell you how well 
they're going to investigate your crime that or whatever the hell is going on. I can't tell you how that's going to go. I can't tell you how the police officer is going to deal with you. But if they're going to have any kind of heart and compassion for you, you probably will. You probably will end up with a, a robotic officer that you say that every officer is. And you probably will not have um, you probably won't have the entire, you know, uh, department investigating your crime, especially even if it's a big one, it won't matter. And, you know, maybe your crime might not be solvable. For some reason, we just we just can't solve that problem for you. We just can't. And um, I just 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 the next time, you know, people want to fucking talk shit and, and, you know, shit on, you know, officers, that's just be aware that that that, that might happen. And um, that's your fault not the officers. Um, you know, officers turn their heads to this kind of behavior all the time. Like we, you know, I, I remember, I can tell you this is when I was, um, I was still a police officer in 2015. And after the whole Ferguson thing happened, and then after the whole hands up, don't shoot, I was doing traffic stops. And I can't tell you how many fucking people did that shit to me. They put their hands out the windows and they said that hands up, don't shoot. My hands are up. Don't shoot. And it really, you know, it, it really affected me. And I'm like, dude, I just wanted your license, registration, proof of insurance. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, and I understand. I, I, I'm here. Listen, I want you to know that I do understand Like, some people. A lot of people are obviously petrified when they deal with the police. I'm not saying that there are not, you know, bad officers. I hate that. I hate that because I feel like, you know, law enforcement is my family and I feel very strong and passionate about that, but I'm not turning a blind eye to that. Okay. And I, but that's like in every, every single profession, we have bad doctors, bad lawyers, bad judges, bad teachers, you know, bad priests, <laughs> bad everything. And so obviously we're going to have some bad eggs in law enforcement. Um, but there was just no need like the people that were doing that to me were just being sarcastic because they don't like the police okay and so here's the thing is I had to turn I had to turn a cheek to that I just you know just you know okay and thank you thanks for doing that you're not going to get shot unless you make any movements you know fruitive movements that are threatening in a threatening manner to me or you show me that you have you know a weapon that is going to kill me and that you want to kill me with you know right like I'd explain that to them. And, um, and, uh, but I just want you to know that like officers have to turn their, you know, their cheek to this kind of behavior over and over again. And, but it wears thin, it wore thin on me. I, if I was still in the job, I, I bet it'd be wearing thin on me even more. And so since you are in the job, I, I definitely can see where it's, you know, wearing thin on you. And, um, and, and as an officer, like you don't really, you can't fully understand why everyone hates you. And like, that that is something that you know you can be a big tough macho guy or girl and that's cool and you, and you don't have to admit to anybody like that you're feeling like this but at the end of the day like even some of the most tough uh, you know officers I've ever seen they, they still it it fucks with them it fucks with us it just does it's like like I signed up for this job pretty much to be like Batman and you hate me for it and yet you're gonna call me when she hits the fan and, and it really, really fucks with the officers. Um, and I know that it does. And so, you know, my advice here is just, you don't have to, I, I never ask anyone to like, 
you know, bow down to the police. Like, that's not it. It's just, it's simple respect. It's just respect. You know, it's, you know, yes and no and answering the police and doing exactly what they say. You know, don't, you know, you don't need to be an asshole to like us, like to the cops. Like, but you know, I'm not saying you have to like the police. A lot of people don't like, but even if the people don't like the police, they're not trying to kill us. You know what I'm saying? And so there's a difference and they're not trying to be disrespectful. They're just, you know, simply, you know, they're just simply going to answer what the police wants and tells them what to do. And, and like, that's it. Right. Like, especially when they come into contact and they have interactions with them. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. So here's what happens is an officer turns, can only turn their head so many times. And then what happens is it wears on them. You get, you get lied to all the time. Right. I'm going to give you an example for me. Okay. I always wanted to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I, I was, I never got into the job to arrest a bunch of people that honestly I, I did because I had to warrants or crimes that justified it, but I never, ever, ever got into the job to just bring people to jail. It was not why I did this. I, I just, so you know, side note, I became a police officer to become a role model you know, and to have an impact on society, a greater impact on society than I could in in what I thought any other job. And so that's why I became a police officer. And so, you know, I was always very reasonable to deal with. Okay. But here's what happens. And this is what happens with most, most police officers. I wanted to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Right. But then I got lied to all the time. Welcome to being a cop. (laughs) Right. And then I would get complaints for bullshit reasons or made up reasons. I remember I got a complaint. I did a traffic stop on this girl and a guy and they were up to no good. They had a daughter in the background in the back. And and during the traffic stop, I was literally talking to their daughter and I was extremely professional, extremely polite. They ended up calling my chief or deputy chief and like saying, that I did all of these things. Like I was rude. I was profiling. I was this and I was that and blah, blah, and blah, blah, blah. And this is probably the one time that my camera saved my ass. He went back and watched it and called her, called this person back and was like, well, I've got to be honest with you. The traffic stop that I watched and the traffic stop that you're talking about just happened were two completely different, you know, we, we weren't even on the same traffic stop. And he actually stuck up for me, which was, you know, really nice, rare, very nice. And, um, and so, you know, but that shit like wears thin, like just making shit up like that. Like you think that when I dealt with them again, do you think that I was any sort of kind of nice? Nope. Do you think I gave them any benefit of the doubt? Nope. And do you think that when I had the option to either write them a citation or bring them to jail, what do you think that my, what do you think I did? I'm not even going to answer that. Because I'm going to let your mind wander. Because this is how it is as a cop, okay? Is we put up with so much shit that this is what happens. And so then you find yourself as a police officer or you see a police officer who, you know, has no patience, who could write the citation, but you're going to jail, okay? Why? Well, this is why, okay? Society you know, possibly the person that we're dealing with, the suspect that we're dealing with, you know, the agency, the pressures. I mean, it's real. This is real, you guys. And 
this is why we are having issues. Okay. It's literally like an incubator. It just is. It's just circles. It, you know, the heat from the top, the heat from the bottom, and, and it just circles and it just gets worse and worse. You know, um, and then so let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about our supervisors, okay? And and the heads of police, okay? Because I I Listen, I know that there's still police officers. I doubt any head of police officers are listening to this. If you are, please reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let me know. Just just let me know your position. But I guarantee you that if you're a head of a, um, you know, an agency and you're listening to this podcast, here's what I know. You're a pretty progressive, um, you know, chief or deputy chief or lieutenant, major captain. And um, you, you are not who I'm talking about. I guarantee you that. But here's the thing. You know, we have heads of agencies that are very afraid to do the right thing because here's the thing. They've got it all wrong. They are busy worrying about the public and worrying about, you know, um, serving the citizens. OK, but that's not your job as a as a chief or as a super like as a high chief, high supervisor. That is not your job. Your job is to take care of your officers. And in turn, what's going to happen is your officers are going to take care of the public, right? Because that's what we signed up to do as officers. We, we sign up to take care of the public to serve. But here's the thing, at, just to reiterate what I was talking about in the beginning, we as officers, we need to know if somebody truly has our backs, right? And so I want to uh, quote, I want to quote, there's a, um, there's a page on Facebook. It's called Survive the Streets, a page for cops. And, um, the, the person who posted this said, I'm going to, I'm going to read it because I don't want to misquote this. He said, I'm attending a conference on a police suicide on police suicide in Dallas. A chief from Minnesota is currently speaking and you're not going to believe the things that come out of his mouth. And I really want, and now I'm not quoting, I really want you to listen to this. So pause it, turn it down, turn it up, whatever you need to do, turn everything else down. Listen to this. This is life changing. This chief says, I require everyone in my department, captains, me and everyone to work the street. I go out and I work. I don't supervise when I do. I run calls. I write tickets and I take bad guys to jail. And the public is not my number one priority. Too many of my colleagues think they need to keep the public happy. Well, I don't agree. My job is to look out for my people. And selfishly, if I take care of them, they will handle the mission and the job will get done and get done well. Holy fuck. <laughs> like that chief is amazing. And that is the mindset that we're looking for as a police officer. That's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for somebody like that to have our backs. And, you know, I thought I was going to say a whole lot more on this podcast, but honestly, at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. So, to just sum this up and wrap this up, getting inside of a police officer's head, we don't ever, we never started out this job angry. We never started out this job, you know, arrest happy and, and, and feeling like nobody has our backs. We start out this job, especially if you're like looking to get into law enforcement and you're listening to me, like, you feel like you're so excited. You're going to make a difference. You're going to, you know, you're going to be able to be a police officer. You're going to be a part of the brother or the sisterhood. You're going to do all these things, but here's the thing you get in and then you realize, holy shit, you know, the public doesn't have my back. My chief really doesn't have my back. My supervisor wants to fuck me over. Like, 
that, you know, I don't, you know, it's just crazy. And it, and it happens time and time again. And the reason why our frontline supervisors are the way they are is because the, the leadership up in the high ranking chief, deputy chief, major lieutenant positions, it's not good leadership. And so we've got to change that. I think that we need to change from the inside. And if we can change from the inside, start, you know, really coming together as, you know, sheepdog nation and as, you know, inside of these agencies, if we can, if we can change the way that we're policing ourselves, I really fully believe that the nation's not going to have a choice. When you see a chief or a deputy chief continuously backing their men and women who are on the streets, that the society is not going to, they're not going to have a choice. They're going to have to change it. They're going to have to start supporting the police again. Okay. Like that, that honestly, that's the solution. And so how do we do that? Well, we got to get the word out. We've got to get the word out. We've got to get these people educated. We need to start, you know, coming together. And, you know, it is scary because I, I remember, like, I mean, a lot of people are like, no, like, oh, we're not going to we're not going to rock the boat because then I'm going to have, you know, a target on my back for my supervisor and they're going to want to, you know, they're not going to let me have any extra training. So they're not going to let me do anything. But if you come together as a shift, if you come together as a whole patrol unit and you start, you know, like, you know, talking about these things and like implementing that the entire department listens to, you know, certain podcasts, certain audios, takes certain, certain trainings, you know, more progressive, more new age thinking trainings, you know, stop doing the things that we've been doing for 20 years because simply we're not policing um, the way they were 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. It's just changed so much. Even in my short career of, you know, six and a half years, like the way that we policed then just changed. Everything has changed. And so we need change to come from inside the departments. And then I believe the change will happen in the nation. What does this mean for you? Have your brothers and sisters in blues back. Just have their back. Stop being a blue falcon, i.e. a buddy fucker. Stop that, okay? Educate yourself. Listen to the podcast. Pay attention to, you know, really good articles from trustworthy sites. You know, um, do everything that you can to stay in shape, to, you know, take up self-defense, to be amazing backup. Like, you want to have these things. You want to have your ducks in a row this way. You want to you wanna be able to handle stress and cope with stress and have really good um, ways of doing that because stress is, right now, it's, it's, it's a killer. It's a killer. We have a lot of police suicides going on that no one's talking about. I read an article on that. It's like 140 this past year. Nobody's talking about them. It's devastating. We're, we're losing way too many officers to suicide and, um, and stress is the culprit right and so let's come together and this is why you know this is why i'm so big on the brother and the sisterhood right is because i just feel like if we all truly felt like we all had each other's backs and like this would not be a problem this wouldn't be such a big of a problem but the problem is is somehow some way we kind of fell through the cracks and we stopped having each other's backs and it is very difficult you know there used to be a brother and sisterhood and i i I see it sometimes and most times I don't. And um, and so let's bring that back. And if you can think of different ways that we can start implementing that, I want you to DM me on Instagram. Come hang out with me at the Lady Sheepdog. Um, let me know what your thoughts and opinions are. You're going to see a post and I want I want let me know. And if you made it all the way to the end, 
you are a badass motherfucking sheepdog. You know what I'm saying? And I want to know. So come on, you come, come on to my post on Instagram. You're going to see it. Let me, um, let me know that you made it to the end. Also, if you could do me a favor, if you could share this out, um, you know, so other sheepdogs can hear it, that would be, that would be the best thing uh, that you could do. And also if you could give this, if you're an iTunes, if you could give this a rating um, and a review, that would be fantastic. Hopefully it's a five-star rating. <laughs> um, you know, just really want to spread the word. I really want, you know, to help Sheepdog Nation as much as I possibly can. If there's something you want me to talk about, if there's something that's going on um, in your life or, you know, in your agency, or you just really think it needs to be discussed, please um, direct message me. Um, eventually, we're going to be doing a couple podcasts a week because I've gotten <laughs> I've been told over and over again that just one is not enough. It's a wonderful compliment. Um, and that means a ton to me. Um, and number two, if you are a female, uh, either in or looking to get into law enforcement, you need to come and join the Lady Sheepdog Movement. It's the first of its kind. It's cutting edge. You're going to be a founding member. It's freaking fantastic. Okay. Um, as always, Sheepdog Nation, I got your back and I will see you next time.